politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And yes, this is Daniel Horowitz back in the house to service you, the forgotten American patriot. But folks, today on this Friday, the end of this zombie apocalypse week, which is only beginning and headed into a very sinister and dark place. You are more than just forgotten Americans. You are beleaguered Americans with the noose tightening around our necks. Folks, I feel a way that I have never felt in my entire life. I I feel a fear in me that I've never felt in my entire life. I feel a need to shout out more than I've ever felt in my entire life. And you guys know, those of you who have been with me for years, No, I've been very passionate about a lot of things. But on a day like today, I am both at a loss of words, but also have too many words to articulate on one show. I'm recording now around noontime, Eastern time on Friday. And my intention is, because this is recorded, to pause it at various times. You'll hear it as if it's Um, one straight broadcast by the time you get it. But I want to constantly check what's going on because this is really evolving and I know we're not going to be together um, until Monday because I just don't have production capabilities over the weekend. Uh, When we get this Facebook page up, set up by a group of you guys, fans, um, we'll try to put up Facebook Lives from time to time when I don't have the ability, the DC office to produce the show. But I want to make sure we, we're looking at everything. But this is headed in a very dark direction. And I am utterly shocked at how little pushback there is, how little questioning or debate there is, even from the libertarians. All the libertarians forever said there's an unalienable right to engage in sodomy with every illegal alien criminal who crosses the border. And they have a right to sue us for every darn little thing. Somehow there are no lawsuits, no even complaint about the most severe, open-ended, untransparent restrictions of movement in this country, both where it is now, but more importantly, Don't stop now because this is very rapidly headed to a bad place. We saw last night the California governor announced essentially house arrest. Basically what Europe's doing, they kind of indicated maybe they're not going to enforce it. But again, we're not talking about even shutting down all workplaces, which Cuomo announced, the Pennsylvania governor announced. But a complete restriction to your home except to go out to a grocery store. Cops will ask you where you're headed. And meanwhile, we have emergency legislation being passed that will bankrupt us, distort our markets forever. And I began writing writing an article, and I was planning to extrapolate on the show today to get into the weeds of the bill and why it's the worst of all worlds. It's a pander panic bill that doesn't accomplish anything, even from a liberal standpoint. You're just going to get hit on it. What are Republicans doing? And I was going to make the point that it's stupid to talk about stimulus and bailouts and how to fund people when you are mandating nuclear winter 
on our country, economy, and even restriction of individual liberty, then until and unless we have a containment strategy like South Korea to contain it while leaving a modicum of functionality open in the overwhelming majority of our counties that don't have that many cases, often don't have any cases, then it's all a moot point anyway. Because if if you don't have that strategy, a $1,200 check per person ain't going to cut it. It's not going to come anywhere close to it. And conversely, if we do have a strategy and we do focus on that and succeed at that, then the impact will be more limited. And then we shouldn't rush to pass legislation predicated on a nuclear winter that we are creating a self-fulfilling prophecy to induce. It made no sense. But then the California governor came out and the article from the Washington Examiner came out that Trump is considering a 30 day lockdown in your home on a federal level. And then I said to myself, there is something much worse and more sinister afoot than even the bailouts. I don't even care about that anymore. There is there is a degree of anarcho fascism, and I'm going to explain that in a minute. The mixture of the two. On the one hand, we're kind of like Singapore. On the other hand, open borders, pro-criminal, they're not like that in those countries. When they're for public safety in absolute terms, they're consistent about it. Here, we have the worst form of anarcho-fascism. Let me make something very clear from the onset. I am not saying that there can never come a point where government has the power and the prerogative and the need to declare house arrest what some of the European countries have done. But what I am saying is that if we are at that point and they are going to do that, which which don't tell me, oh, they haven't yet done it because they're California's there and they're I mean, if, if you don't raise your voice now, it will happen. It could happen by the time you hear the show. That's how fluid it is. But if we are at that point, that would mean this is bubonic plague levels. Because that that would be what it would have to justify it. And that would justify it. But then we need to see a degree of consistency and attitude across the board from our government that reflects that. And we need the data and information that they are looking at in a transparent way before we make that decision. Because what is out there doesn't reflect that. What is out there doesn't reflect that. To be clear, I was I, have a, I had a show in January. Don't focus on impeachment. Focus on the coronavirus. Don't accuse me of saying there's not a serious element to this. But you got to put it in context. Here's the deal. Let's say there are three stages. There's your the normal economic societal behavior. There's what they call social distancing. And then there's what they call lockdown. I prefer to call home arrest or martial law. Someone needs to show me data suggesting there is enough value add from going from the social distancing to martial law that could solve this. So A, I need to know that you're like, yeah, there's gonna be hundreds of thousands of dead from this if you don't do this. 
and B, that we're not already at the point that it's, I mean, the, everyone believes now hundreds of thousands, if not millions, have already gotten it. And again, that just demonstrates the mortality rate is very, very low. And right now, as of this recording, they're up to about 16,500 cases. That's from the few people who are tested. I mean, everyone knows it's, it's, it's probably a few hundred thousand just in the New York City area who have it. There are, two, as of this recording, 218 deaths in an entire country. Okay? Now it's going to get worse because it's still baked into the cake from before we did any measures. And we're going to talk about some proofs to that. It is going to get worse. But is there value add? Because, folks, the severity of doing that both in the here and now to the economy, but also in terms of liberty, we will never get that back. We will never recover from the sinister path we are headed down, which is more open borders at a time of a pandemic, more H-1B. There was just an H-1B terrorist arrested, by the way, in Minnesota. More H-1B, more H-2A, more H-2B, more EB-5 from China. Refugees, they want to start up April 7th. Endless jailbreak and release of criminals. Endless welfare, endless debt, endless redistribution, endless government takeovers, endless infringements on liberty. Uh, you, you got to look at the severity of the economic, fiscal, and liberty stuff. You got to recognize that. So before you offer that hemlock, you got to be doggone sure that it needs to be done. And you got to be doggone sure of the timetable, the severity, the geographical expansiveness of the lockdown, and the duration of it. In California, they're saying, Indefinitely. I mean, at least in Israel, and we'll talk about that. Israel is a different country. They do have, a, you know, I'm, I'm very pro-Israel, but they do have an authoritarian streak there. It's a little bit like Singapore. It's not like America. We don't do things like that. It's got to, you got to be sure. I mean, to say indefinitely or 30 days, whoa, whoa. Let's take this a day and a week at a time. Let's not rush to pass bills that will bankrupt us. If it's not going to solve it anyway, if you're going to lock people down. Let's take let, let's take this easy. Everyone is terrified anyway. Now, there's very little activity. There's no need to become a police state. Look, in the last seven days, I pretty much have practiced that it wouldn't have, you know, having a home confinement you know, except for one person going to a grocery store is essentially what we've been doing as a family. We haven't taken the kids out to a grocery store. One we've done that. But I was planning over the weekend to at least go to some obscure place in the woods and just take the family out for a hike. And I'm sorry if I can't do that. If we are at the point where somehow we can't do that, then it's not going to help. Okay. There's a balance. There's a balance theologically. There's a balance philosophically. There's a balance economically. You don't go and step on a train track and sit there and say, well, you know, if God has my address, if he has if, if, if he has me on call, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. So the train won't hit me. You, there, there's a precept in Deuteronomy to guard your, your um, soul very much. You have to guard your health. But on the other hand, I think we'd all agree that what you don't do is take natural ways of living and say, in order to save lives, I'm just going to 
suspend that. So for example, and, and it's all balancing against the death rate versus what you're doing. So for example, cars are devastating. I mean, tens of thousands of people die. I mean, two people in my community have lost lives from car crashes. One's in a coma, although that's from the Baltimore jailbreak because it was one of the youths who stole a car and crashed him. They still haven't caught that, but I digress. Um, if, if I said no more car travel, you can't deny in a vacuum, you can't deny my claim that we will save tens of thousands of lives a year. You cannot deny that. We absolutely will. But is that what God wants from us? No. That's where you apply if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. It's a balance of free will and divine providence. And that's what you got to do. We distance ourselves. You could say it would have been better if New York City would have done it a week earlier. But you know what? It would have been better if our government would have freaking shut off travel from China and Europe in early January. Okay? So, don't, you know, don't give me that. Don't give me that. So, most of what's happening is not necessarily that it's getting much worse. Hundreds of thousands probably in the New York City area alone already have it. It's that it was baked into the cake from level one when we were doing our normal, you know, we weren't distancing anything. So to go from that to lockdown, I don't see the evidence. Because the reality is South Korea had less of an economic shutdown and they bent the curve in three weeks. And they're on the other side of it. All the Asian countries. I'm not just saying China. I don't trust China, but I'm saying the, the other countries. And conversely, in Europe, where they had the lockdown, it spiraled out of control. Now, it's hard to tell. Again, if you guys have data, insight, let me know. Have they peaked in, in, in Italy yet? I don't know. But everywhere else, they peaked. Then there's Washington State, which is very important. Let's talk about Washington State. As of this recording, the numbers have not moved in 24 hours. Now, to be fair, that could mean they haven't updated it, but it's stuck at 1,377 cases and 74 deaths. By far the most um, deaths of any other place, although New York is rising rapidly at 38. But 74 deaths in Washington State. Almost all of that is in King County. All of it is in the King County area. And within King County, half of them were in that Kirkland uh, uh, nursing home. So it appears that Nate Silver put this out that the numbers are going down there, which is very significant because that was the epicenter. It was the catalyst. That's where it started first in this country. We're comparing to other countries, but it's been in Washington state enough and they started, therefore they responded with the distancing earlier. And we're getting out of it. I'm not saying New York won't be worse, but let's let's strive to say, all right, it's maybe two weeks. So let's keep the distancing, but not lockdown. Maybe you could have some neighborhoods in some areas of New York City or San Francisco or Seattle, but not the rest of the country. Try to get as many people back to work as possible and have the most effective containment. Like, for example, they're talking about the FDA wouldn't, can't even approve the respirators. Why aren't we having the same panic of deregulation as we have for, for, for fascism, martial law, and, uh, and subsidies and bailouts? 
I'll tell you why. Because coincidentally, every solution to this somehow is a left-wing outcome. We don't even have in place an, a, 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 a standalone idea of a bill introduced to, to have a permanent solution of preventing this in the future at the source level of mandating at the first minute CDC signs off on it and knows about this, we ban international travel, which would be much less painful than what we're doing now, as disruptive as it is. That is the equivalent of after 9-11 not dealing with box cutters on planes, not prohibiting box cutters on planes. It's utterly insane. This is why I can't take it seriously. Start refugee resettlement April 7th. They just shut it off this week. Just finally shut off the border. We're turning people back. Last March, I was the only one in this country, practically. A few others, Breitbart, Epic Times, discussing what the government called a public health crisis. A public health crisis where we had 24,000 illegal aliens, rather than turning them back, we took them to hospitals. And these are not like the big New York City hospitals. These are Del Rio and Yuma. Okay? Del Rio and Yuma, overwhelmed. I was told by sheriffs and border agents and mayors that Americans couldn't access. They were jammed in the hospitals. They came with scabies, chickenpox, mumps, measles, tuberculosis. God knows what else. To my dying day, I will know that in 2014, enterovirus D68 and acute flaccid myelitis was brought in from the Central Americans at the border. Was brought in. And 240,000 man hours. Um, of agents staying at the border. Okay? Agents at the border staying in hospitals with illegal aliens. Lice, skin infections, we had hepatitis. I've heard HIV, I heard. I know, I, I know we had that. They were doing elective surgeries for them. They would come. They had like, it wasn't like they were like triage them. They, they got sick on the way. I mean, there was that too. They would come for heart surgery. No desire to shut it off. And CDC published data. No problem. No problem. CDC. No, we don't want to. There, there were actually um, peer reviewed medical journal articles about the, the morals of not talking about the, our immigrant community and health concerns. They have to stifle it. So don't tell me, Daniel, you must take this seriously. I take this seriously. I took it seriously. I recognize and I believe in government strong powers to ensure other people are infected. But it's to a degree. You got to measure how many people are really dying and the severity of it measured against what you're doing. And these are the same people that see no evil, hear no evil. CDC said no problem. They actually put out a thing saying that Central Americans have an enormously high rate of vaccinations. They lied. It was disproven. There are people who get vaccinations in these countries. Absolutely. Guess what? They ain't the people coming to the border. It's not the Mayans in the rural areas of Guatemala. 
Our government testified to that. Okay? They said, they said, McAleenan testified March 6, 2019, before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Migrants travel north from countries where poverty and disease are rampant. Large numbers of them may have never seen a doctor, received immunizations, or lived in sanitary conditions. Randy Howe, head of operations of CBP's Office of Field Operations, testified on the same day that, quote, many migrants travel north from countries where poverty and disease are rampant and their health care can be aggravated by the physical toll of the journey. In many cases, they arrive at our southern border already exhibiting symptoms of a health issue. Those who, who we encounter may have never seen a doctor receive immunizations or lived in sanitary conditions. Close quarters on the trains and buses that smugglers procure for removing them um, through Mexico can hasten the spread of communicable diseases. All of these factors leave migrants vulnerable to serious medical complications. Folks, we let out, not even to ICE, forget about the ones ICE left at, let out. CBP directly released several hundred thousand into our population. We'll never know the effects. See, that, that's the beauty. As serious as it sounds, 100 deaths, 200 deaths, 500 deaths, 1,000 deaths. I mean, again, you see from H1N1, you see from, and I know there are some differences here. And that's the important thing. The work of Satan works with an element of truth. But they, they, they contort it. That's how Satan works. And I believe there is something supernatural occurring that is facilitating and exacerbating the human nature of what is going on here as well and the political nature. There's some truth to, there, there's an element, I know, understand it's not detectable and you don't exhibit it. I, I get that. But again, you got to put it in perspective at some point. You got to put it in perspective. And they had no concern releasing. It was not a problem. CDC was like, no problem. One damn judge could say, yes. Health effects, drugs, crime, hospitals, public charge. You can't turn them back. And even if they didn't say that, Trump administration wasn't going to do it until now. Even earlier this week, when they said they were going to do it, they said, well, we need a, 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 an agreement from Mexico first. What do you mean you need an agreement? They're already in Mexico. Mexico should have blocked them from Guatemala. Tough luck. We have the right to say, no, we will not let them in. Done. Let's assume they're finally going to do it. They say they're doing it. Often they don't, but let's assume they're finally going to do it. It took this. The same CDC that lied about, about the border crisis. The same CDC that lied about the opioid crisis. Conflated the data and had to recant. Do you know how much of our world is turned upside down from the opioid crisis that was misdiagnosed and therefore mistreated? Pain patients are killed in agony who absolutely do not overdose. And drug traffickers are released and illegal aliens are brought in to traffic and sanctuary cities harbor them. But it's no enigma, folks. There's a reason for it. The outcome is always what the left wants. They will be hypocritical. Again, they'll be all on lockdown for health concerns when it comes to individual liberty and welfare and spending and bailouts but not for border security and deregulation. 
there'll be hawks on drugs to cut off pain patients, you know, that just have a simple surgery. They need a week of medication. But they will champion Alice Johnson. Champion a bitch like that. And the drug traffickers. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy that they're arranging this. I'm saying it's worse than that. See, a conspiracy you could bust up. Find the cons- rooted conspiracy. It's that the left has a movement, an assembly line. Oh, uh, 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 a modus operandi in place that whatever happens in the world, they are there to take advantage of it and push their agenda. And push their agenda. Like a car, a well-made car should be able to go with whatever you throw at it. If you're driving the mountains of West Virginia, the prairies of Kansas, it should be able to adapt and be able to, the car should be able to work. Same thing here. Whatever happens in the world, the answer is less liberty for law-abiding Americans, open borders for illegal aliens, jailbreak for criminals, more welfare, more debt, more monopolization, more regulation. Even when they conflict with each other, This, my friends, is the anarcho-fascism. You see, there's three types of countries, okay? There's what the West has become, which is just hedonistic, but it's kind of open. There's the other end of the spectrum, which is China, which is just totally just, just, you know, dictatorship. And then you have countries like Korea, Taiwan, Singapore in particular, where they're they're definitely democracies and they're thriving. They are um, they are free in many senses, but they do have a very strong authoritarian streak for public order. Some of that's good, but sometimes it crosses the balance that we want here in America, and and I wouldn't want that. But there's countries like that, so they might be very draconian. Although ironically, from what I'm seeing, in many ways they were less draconian than where we're headed here in this crisis. But they're consistent about it. They'll if they if they believe there's a public safety concern, they'll bring down the Buddha government on you. But you know what? They block immigration. They're very protectionist. And I don't think I need to teach you guys about Singapore and criminals. Yet you have a country like this. Where on the one hand, we are headed into fascism. With this home confinement, without transparency, without time limits. But on the other hand, they are talking about the answer to this crisis, putting Chinese investor visas in the crisis response bill. They're increasing H-1B. Breitbart has a good article on that. Think about that. At a time, entry-level accounting, technology, programming, nursing, pharmacy jobs. Americans... They're already warning and making a self-fulfilling prophecy of 20 to 40% unemployment. And they're doing that. It it doesn't make any sense, folks, right? I mean, even if you're generally, uh, you know, one of these like long-haired, hippie, open borders guys, like, like, dude, that just doesn't make sense. The time doesn't call for it. Oh my God, we got to stop epidemics. So, right, we would be very strict on travel and immigration, right? Right? No, we need to increase that. Do you see where I'm headed here? This is headed to a very dark and sinister place. What we are getting if we don't stand up is the worst amalgamation of anarchism and fascism. Heck, I'll I'll take Singapore over this. 
At least you, you benefit from the safety. We're, again, a scenario where your shop must be closed at all cost. But those who loot your shop won't be arrested. I mean, really, if an illegal alien is caught out in the street violating the home confinement, will they get punished? Or is that a sanctuary for them? Do you see where I'm headed here? And what's interesting is this whole libertarian progressive cabal that was always there, there's a right to criminal this. I mean, they have, I mean, it is a juggernaut. They have, I mean, I, I can't fight them. They have owned the conservative movement on crime. Where are the libertarian establishment organizations now? Where are the lawsuits? I know someone showed me there is one in New Hampshire. I promise you a judge won't do anything with it. And that's another example. Notice the one directional thing. You're like, judges, look, they're really into rights. They'll even make up rights. But by golly, they'll certainly deal with the most unalienable rights of Americans. Nope. Because really, as our founders warned, and I warned in my book, liberty is not a straight line. It's a peak. It's a bell curve. You got to get it exactly right. If you overshoot, you start running down Tyranny Mountain. There's no such thing as I'm going to create more liberties because if you create more liberties, you infringe upon the real liberties. And that's what we're seeing today. We created a right to international travel, a right to immigration. And by not shutting that off, now we sowed panic. And that's what it is. This is being driven by political pander and panic. Pander and panic, the two P words. That's what this is. It's got to stop. As of now, if you look at the data, if you look at the data, more than half the cases and over 60% of the fatalities are in three states, New York, Washington, and California. But it's more than that. Even there, they are extremely, extremely localized. Extremely localized. Basically, all of the cases in all the deaths are in King County or around it. 56% of the cases are in King County. 85% of the deaths are in King County. Um, California doesn't have a lot of cases given it's number three but it's way down from new york given its its population and half the ones in san francisco are the homeless they're very confined very known very specific usually it was a specific guy that they know traveled somewhere infected a nursing home a synagogue a community whatever but most counties don't have a single single thing single case Again, I'm not saying to go back to normal next week. But what I'm saying is, does this warrant a home confinement in every county? New York City is getting bad, but again, it's, it's logical given the density and the travel. And it, it, it's, it's a delayed effect. It's not that this week isn't working. It's, it was from the previous week when nothing was done. You know, de Blasio didn't even want to shut the schools. So, you know, look, let's let's take it easy. 
again. Likely hundreds of thousands have it there in New York. There are 38 deaths. It will climb. It will climb. But folks, you look at Washington State, where it, and unless I'm proven wrong, the trajectory appears to have bent. 74 deaths, and half of them were for, from a nursing home. Even if you get Washington state severity in every state and you extrapolate that for population density, it's not going to approach H1N1. We want to save as many lives as possible, but you got to, I mean, at some point, you're not even going to save the lives then. Whoever gets it, because it's already in the country, because we just freaking brought in people from everywhere and didn't care. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of the die is cast that you don't want to go back to normal everywhere, but you want to try to work that out. That's what Congress needs to be working on. Break it down by the geography. It's not as communicable and as lethal as they're making it out to be. I'm not saying it's not a problem, but, but you, but what I am saying is if you're going to mandate what they appear to be headed towards, we're practically, I mean, like at this pace, they're going to say give birth at home. I was joking. My wife is due in four weeks, but the doctor's thing will be more, more like the, her doctor things will be more like two weeks. That's when our other kids would be. The kids already big at this pace. They'll say, you can't even come to the hospital for that. I, I, you know, I wouldn't, nothing would shock me. I was joking around on Twitter saying the only, uh, people that will get medical attention to birth a baby at this pace are the illegal aliens crashing our border to give birth to anchor babies. And again, it's not a joke. The, the comedy and the parody that we're, we're doing to illustrate absurdity is not even an exaggeration. It's anarcho-fascism. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, maybe now they're going to ground it to a halt, but they're already shutting down every single store, even in rural Pennsylvania, which has no cases, but we're still having flights out of Seattle. So that's the thing. There's no evidence to suggest this. And then, and then you have the diamond, um, what's that called? The, um, the diamond... Uh, princess that ship so that so look you would think that would be a great example based on what they're saying based on what they're about to mandate based on what they have done to us the severity of this plague should have been if there are four thousand people on that ship that is a petri dish you would expect for all four thousand should have gotten it based on what they're giving us the global warming style stuff they are giving to us. And. I don't know, a thousand, two thousand die. But in and they're very disproportionately elderly people, by the way. Very disproportionate elderly people. Everyone's passing around in statenews.com, this Princeton professor. John Ioannidis, and he talks about this, and he says, 
The one situation where an entire closed population was tested was the Diamond Princess cruise ship and its quarantine passengers. The case fatality rate there was 1%, but this was a largely elderly population in which the death rate for COVID-19 is much higher. Projecting the Diamond Princess mortality rate onto the age structure of the U.S. population. And again, that, that is treating the entire country, every county, like a Petri dish of, of a cruise ship. You recirculate the air. I mean, even New York City is not like that. But the death rate would be 0.125%. But this estimate is based on extremely thin data. There were just seven deaths among the 700 infected passengers and crew. The real date, the real death rate could stretch from five times lower, 0.025% to five times higher. And, um, you know, it's a very informative article. And he goes on to say, where is this? Now, this is back when we had 68 deaths. Now we do have 218. So he says, some worry that the 68 deaths will increase exponentially to 680, 6800, 68,000, 680,000. But is that a realistic scenario or bad science fiction? The most vulnerable piece of information for answering those questions would be to know the current prevalence of the infection in a random sample of a population and to repeat this exercise at regular time intervals to estimate the incidence of new infections. Sadly, that's information we don't have. And basically the point is, the same thing I said with the um, opioid crisis. You got to at least admit and acknowledge the severity of what you're about to do. And this is, you know, by a factor of a million compared to what the government has done to us on the opioid crisis, as bad as that is. You got to really be certain about what you're talking about. And you got to, we're not talking about classified information like war and peace and, you know, countries, troop movements or whatever. We're talking about health studies. What is it all these elites are looking at? Show it to us. Show it to us. And let's have a discussion over that. Because the only thing that could warrant this would be that at some point over the last week, Everyone in that community, in the healthcare community, in the political community, saw something that's like, dude, if we don't do something, 500,000 people are going to die. But the problem is that A, the ship already sailed, and B, we've already done a severe shutdown. How much value add are you going to have, even if that were true? But most of what we're seeing from Asia, probably we have to wait another few days and we'll know by Monday. Washington State, it doesn't appear to be getting there. And yes, I understand the New York situation is bad. 38 deaths, folks. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I'm just telling you. And, and they say it's like seven, 8,000 cases. Everyone knows it's BS. I have a brother there. And he's like, he knows everyone who has it. They didn't get tested. It wasn't worth it. Didn't have enough tests. They, they have it. That ship sailed. They have it. It it, it just, something doesn't add up, folks. 
if it's the bubonic plague, we need to see the data. You, you cannot do that. We've had a history of quarantine. I talk about it, 1800s, TB camps. But they always took the person. They never did an entire state of people are locked down. They did the person infected or exposed. Oh, but we don't know the symptoms. This is unique. But how far are you going to take that argument? If most places where this has gone, they, it recovered after a few weeks. And given the deaths on, 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 on the ship. You can't do this to us. A $1,200 check? Come on. Come on. We need to stand up and be counted here. We need to stand up and be counted. This whole thing makes no sense. Friends, fellow patriots, fellow Americans, all my fans out there, you're not fans of me, you're fans of the proper balance of constitutionalism. I'm going to try to get up today a Facebook page, Hurwitz Citizen Sanctuary. Hurwitz Citizen Sanctuary. You could type it in. Um, hopefully it will be live by the time you get this. It's not going to be much. I'll have one post probably just up there. Again, this is not me. It's being run by some fans. And I trust them to help magnify our message. So it's going to be more their baby than my baby. Maybe someday I'll start posting there, but it's going to be their posts. And in the comment on that post, comment section is where you guys could start, start a discussion. We need to start ideas, to start calling our members of Congress. We're going to start to fine-tune the message, the specifics. But I think this is where we could start meeting rather than waiting till we have a nice page up with all sorts of different features I don't think we have time for that. We, we need to mobilize. I am terrified at how nobody is speaking out about the inconsistencies, the, the just appalling dichotomy of hypocrisy with anarchism and fascism, the hypocrisy at every level, the eerie, dark, and sinister outcomes of this. And at best, you have a couple of Freedom Caucus members talking about thresholds and details of the stupid bill last night and they're not seeing the broader picture of what's going on here there is nobody standing for us we need to create that eventually i want to organize groups but it's going to take a lot of manpower there's a blue button that's going to be on the page that says send email you could always email me personally at dharwitz at blazemedia.com but this is a way if you want to help they're going to collect names it's going to take a little bit of time um, they're going to work on that, the team. And again, I know a lot of you have asked for help. I got to get to know some of you. I can't have, you know, a few hundred people being moderators or administrators. You know, it's not going to work. You have to have a small team. We'll be adding people. Remember, these are people that have full, full-time jobs. And I, I am truly just awestruck by their willingness to just do this for free um, and help me out. But again, it's not about me. It's about magnifying this message. Most of what I'm talking about, all of what I'm talking about, isn't even conservative per se. It's, some, it's questions we should all be asking. 
that don't add up. And we need to ask these questions about the nature of the virus, the nature of what we're doing to contain it, the nature of the damage we're doing, both to the economy and to liberty, that is going to reverberate, but at the same time, not even solve the problems with immigration and travel and the supply chain and regulation and China a dependency. And in fact, they're doubling down on Chinese migration and visas. There's got to be a reckoning for that. And, in the, and, and, and there's hours of time. And again, I'm hearing conflicting things. Some are saying it's bogus. Administration is not considering a national lockdown. But dude, the, the blue states are going to do it. They're doing it already. The blue states are doing it. That is something we will never recover from. All these people like Daniel, it's important to have judicial supremacism as a backstop because we'll need it for our own liberty. <laughs> so much for that. And again, I'm not saying to me, I, I, I'm consistent philosophically. If a court wants to you know, say, oh, I'm putting an injunction on your you know, different restrictions, I'm not saying they should have the final say. But like I always say, it's one of the avenues for the citizenry to get out. It's, it's more fundamental. The citizenry needs to rise up. It's not really a lawsuit that I'm worried about. It's the citizenry is dead now. They're just being inundated and they don't realize what's happening. Everyone wants to do what's prudent. No one wants to needlessly expose seniors or people at risk. But again, remember, we've had one of the most deadly flu seasons on memory. I'm sure you have stories like this too, but my... My kid's fourth grade, two thirds of his fourth grade were out one week in January. Um, I'm assuming it wasn't coronavirus. Who knows if uh, they got into the country or anything? Then, you know, now what's happening is largely that it's a regular flu. A lot of people die. I mean, it's it's very grim. You know, I I, I wish we could save every life. But where is that alacrity to save every life for public order and public health and public safety when you could not infringe upon any liberties and merely deport the illegal aliens who are arrested when you know you want to talk about likelihood and contagious and, and death rate? Well, there's a 83% recidivism rate among criminals released of all sorts, uh, citizens and illegal aliens. You have other countries' criminals you could prevent 2,500 at a minimum homicides committed by illegal aliens a year. They're talking about this New Jersey family that was wiped out from coronavirus. Last week, we reported on a Florida or Massachusetts family traveling in Florida, vacationing in Disney World, wiped out by an illegal alien driver. And that stuff happens every single day. We just don't hear about it. There's got to be some balance. Balance, transparency, data, prudence. We're already one step away from lockdown. So it's not like Daniel, look, look, ask questions later. We need to, we, we did that already. Okay, so before we give up that final liberty, we got to start asking those questions. When a government says it's their goal to get refugee resettlement by April 7th, but not to get our economy humming by April 7th, there is something wrong, something devastatingly wrong, something satanic about that. And folks, what happened to Phil Haney? 
I mean, we know now this is not a conspiracy theory. We know now he was murdered. That is very clear. He was not a suicide. And all of us who knew him knew he would never do that. It made no sense. What happened? I don't know. I'm asking. But we need to find that out. I'm just saying we cannot be asleep. Donald Trump is president. First of all, Jared Kushner is president. Get over it. I mean, in many respects, it would be better if we had a Democrat in office because then we'd have half the country rising up. Now it's like everyone just takes everything in stride. You've got to stop it. There's something more fundamental going on here. There's something more serious even than the impetus that I wanted to start this movement. But this is what it will be, the Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary. And again, this is not about me. It's just a way of tethering the page to the show. That's why we were debating back and forth. Um, originally, I told them I don't want my name on it. I wanted something like, you know, whatever, just the Forgotten Americans Club, whatever it would be, Forgotten Americans Coalition. But we wanted a way just to coalesce all of our thousands of listeners so they know where to where to where to go and then expand it. You know, my my full intent is to create an organization and a movement and a website eventually based on this with with, you know, citizens, research teams and task forces and activists but, you know, you got to walk before you run. All this will be now is a Facebook page to meet each other, comment, share stories, stay vigilant together, share ideas, call red flags, call the balls and strikes. We'll start off with one post with comment section. You could comment on it. You could email the send email and it will go to our team. We'll try to add a few more people to that team. But, you know, we just got to be careful about that for obvious reasons. So, again, the Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary. Because, boy, do we need us. We have a sanctuary for criminality. We have a sanctuary for the globalists and the elitists that are busy insider trading. I mean, that, that, that's another thing, the whole insider trader, trading story. The left is taking away our liberty, flooding us with illegal aliens. EB-5 visas making us subservient to China and then saying somehow they're so concerned about China virus, but don't call it China virus. And Republicans are doing what? Scavenging at the carcass of America. We need a new party. We need a new movement. We need a new focus. Originally, I was going to push this off till after this crisis. And then I realized, you know what? This crisis is what calls for it. May God bless our efforts here and give all of us, myself including, guidance, counsel. Where do we go? What do we do? Ask the right questions. Make the right arguments. Achieve the right balance. Do what's right for, for all Americans, not just conservatives. All Americans of all creeds. Let's pray for the healing of the sick and that this stops. And let's pray that we have the fortitude to shut down what we know is sinister. I don't know enough about this virus, but we already know that stuff they have already done is very, very wrong. Take these thoughts with you into the weekend. Subscribe to this Facebook page. Like it. Horowitz Citizen Sanctuary. We're going to try to promote it as best as we can. And let's get rolling. Folks, let's roll.